Oh, how I love these shows, and I love that music. It never gets old, it seems. Oh, let's talk NBA. I'm always excited to talk NBA. My name is Joe. In just a few minutes, Justin from the uh, Above the Rim podcast is going to be joining me. You can find him and follow him online at JustBlaze underscore 513, one of the best NBA podcasts around. If you're out there just searching for something, you want to listen to something unique, you know, a fan's perspective, as opposed to somebody who's just in the in the wheelhouse for a team, check out that podcast. It's all NBA, and it's excellent. And I'm, I'm excited to have Justin back on the show here. But before we get to him and we kind of talk about the big storylines in the NBA after, what, the first week or so, first uh, 10 days or so of the season, I want to talk about the Wizards here to get things just started. The Wizards open the season at home, hosting the Heat. And lose to Kelly Olynyk. This is a name. That's a name I I, I hate hearing. I, I I'm not a Kelly Olynyk fan. Psycho Psycho K or whatever his stupid nickname is. M- you know Morris Markeith Morris misses him on a on a simple routine box out at the end of the game. We end up losing by one point. Heat win one thirteen. Wizards one twelve. Following what two nights later the Raptors come to town, and the Wizards you know looking at the schedule. I mean we're talking about the second game of the season here. The second game of the season, the Raptors come to town, and the Raptors are resting Kawhi Leonard. That's a game you got to have against a potential Eastern Conference contender or somebody that's going to be challenging you throughout the entire season in that 1-2-3 mix at the top of the Eastern Conference. Completely lay an egg. Raptors come in and win 117-113. They're not blowing them out, but that's, I mean, a loss is a loss. Then the Wizards travel, and they start... They head out west. They get the Trailblazers game one of five on the road. Longest road trip for the Wizards happens in the basically from the third game through the eighth game of the season. And uh, da- you know, Damian Lillard shows up to the arena in Portland dressed like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He he's all business all the time. I'm a huge Dame. I'm a, I love Dame, but Kelly Oubre has a fantastic game. I mean, absolutely fantastic game. Thirty nine minutes, one of the best or most complete games I've ever seen him play. Actually, as a professional. Markeith Morris gives us a solid six three-pointers. Unbelievable from him. The team just played great. The team just played great. Flat out, finally a complete game, and they got the win. Now, that being said, they played a, a complete game against the Miami Heat as well. They just had a, you know, they collapsed in the final 10 seconds, didn't box out, ended up losing that game. But this game against the Blazers last night, this is what the team is capable of. This is what the Wizards are capable of. And frankly, you know, I've said this, and Steve and I have sparred about this back and forth uh, a number of times. I'll take John Wall matched up against any other premier point guard in the league, and consistently I will back and bet on John Wall. I just think he rises to the occasion. He plays a fantastic style of basketball that works, you know, regardless of circumstance. He's always intense. I just love him. I love the way he plays. But last night, the Wizards showed us something, right? First of a, what, five-game, five ten-day road trip. They handle their business. They do what they need to do. They go in and win a game they were not supposed to win. And, and how ironic is it, right? Every DC sports team does that. You know, we go in, we play great, we get the win. This Wizards team should be better than what their record indicates. And I think over the course of the season, I think we're going to see that. This is a really good team. It's a well-constructed team. And that pains me to say because I'm not an Ernie guy. But, you know, well, it's just one of those things where you look at this roster and you say, well, damn, if the stars align, we might be really, really good. Justin, from the Above the Rim podcast, I got to get your take on this, right? At JustBlaze underscore 513, give him a follow, check out that show, all NBA all the time. But Justin, what, what are you, 
I mean, what's your perspective on the Wizards? How good is this team? Are you big on the Wizards? Are you not feeling them this year? Just give me your, you know, your quick 30-second overview or gut feeling about what this team can be throughout the course of the season or just how you feel about them. When you hear Wizards, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I'm actually really high on the Wizards this year. I've been one of the Wizards' main supporters, actually, especially on my Twitter, if you look at it. I've been giving the Wizards some love. I like the off-season editions of Austin Rivers, like the off-season edition of Jeff Green. I like Dwight Howard, another year of Bradley Beal, John Wall. And the, this is to probably the best roster, overall roster, the Wizards have had since the days of Gilbert Arenas, I should say. Maybe around those days, but Anton Jameson and those boys and Karan Butler. But um, the key is John Wall, of course, as it always is. If he learns how i mean see it's so bad it was saying learns how if he masters how to be a better leader i feel like the wizards would be good to go because to me the wizards have all the talent to be a top four seed top three seed in the east and to me they should definitely get to the second round and they could possibly get to the western conference finals if everything falls right and I just think they got a lot of talent on that team, but we need I need them to come together and I need Austin Rivers to give me give me a little bit more off the bench as well. Yeah, well you said it, right? This is probably the best <clears throat> roster. Assuming Dwight Howard returns yeah, to something, Dwight, yeah. something resembling what he used to be, you know, 50-60% <laughs> of what he used to be. They yeah. they finally have a, a bench, right? And this was the Achilles heel of the Wizards going yes. back several seasons. You look at what they have now coming off the bench at that hybrid shooting guard, small forward position. I mean, mm-hmm. Ubre, Porter, Rivers, Green, Morris can go. Obviously, he can play the three. Obviously, he's a four mm-hmm. in, in our modern NBA. But even even Sato and, and the rookie Troy yep. Brown as well. Like, there's a lot yeah. of talent. There's a lot of talent and not a whole lot of minutes. That's a, that's that a lot of pieces you said there. That's a lot of pieces. That's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. in this in this NBA, you look around the NBA right now, you have – what 28 of the 30 teams no sorry 29 out of 30 teams are averaging over 100 points right they're not getting there by pounding the but by you know uh pounding the ball inside and working inside out like this nba is totally different and we've been seeing this you know for the past several years but it it feels like the entire league has now embraced the uh the original mike d'antoni phoenix suns model of just you know, basically three and D and not like it's either threes or layups and nothing in between. And it just seems like the whole league is doing it. But 29 out of 30 teams are averaging over a hundred points a game, which is crazy. Only the, only the Celtics are under a hundred points a game and and we're, and they're at 99.8. So essentially the whole league is, is over a hundred points. And when you look at the top 15, they're over 113 points a game. You look at the top three teams in the league, and this is just nuts to me. The Pelicans, 140 per, uh, per game Crazy. so far. The, Crazy. The, the Kings, the Sacramento Kings, who haven't been heard of since Chris Webber left there, uh, 100, <laughs> 125 points a game. The Lakers, who haven't won a game yet. You know, the LeBron-led Lakers, 125 a game. Portland's at 124. San Antonio, who just offloaded all of their talent, it felt like, in the offseason, at 121. Like, this is nuts. This is this is a completely different day in the NBA. And, and mm-hmm. you know, just to underscore the point, there's only two teams in the entire league holding opponents under 100 points, and that'd be the Nuggets, who've held all their opponents under 100 points. I mean, the Nuggets are playing some phenomenal defense. And Boston, you know, holding people mm-hmm. under under 100 points. So this, this is the way of the NBA, and this is how it's going to be, uh, I, I think, for the foreseeable future. And, and honestly, 
you know, I liken this a little bit to soccer. I don't know how much soccer you watch, Justin. I watch a lot of it. And like this whole idea of like mm-hmm. the beautiful game, free flowing, lots of passing, and lots of you know basically open shots. That'd be the basketball equivalent. I mean, that's what we're seeing now. Like the game is wide open, and the emphasis really is you know the early on here over the first what ten days or so. The refs yeah. are just they they call everything. And the yes. first quarter real choppy, second quarter less choppy, third fourth quarter wide open games. That's what I'm seeing. I I agree. I, I that's definitely what I'm seeing as well. There's a whole lot more fouls being called, and then sometimes you see blatant miss calls. To be honest, so it's a it's a little bit inconsistent with the referees, man. But they definitely are pushing the pace of the game. It's it's these new rules that they're trying to implement. Giving the offensive play a lot of room to to make his moves, and they're I guess quote unquote trying to crack down, but I don't know how much cracking down they're really doing. But it's it's looking like a free for all right now. I do need the guys to play a little bit better defense. You know that would be nice. What's defense? What, what defense? The- <laughs> what, what are you talking about? There's no defense anymore. That's I, I don't want this to turn into the all star game now. That's that's not what I want on a regular basis. You know, but. I'll uh, I'll take the intensity, and it has been uh, nice to watch, I would say, right now, because it's been a lot of uh, excitement going into the season. And honestly, this first week has definitely, I guess, lived up to the hype for opening week, I would say. Yeah, you know, and, and I agree with you. Like, I, I love the NBA, so I'm watching. I'm not one of these guys that's uh, – like, I'm not a passive fan by any means. Mm-hmm. But the numbers are shockingly terrible, right, when it comes to, like, yeah. TV ratings. Opening week, down almost – almost 37 percent i mean Wait, that this is, year it was this down? year yeah the first two games the first oh. the opening night uh 37 well, percent down is a oh. that is a terrible number i feel like that was the nba's fault though because those opening night games though it was a uh, philadelphia and boston was an opening night and then yeah. the warriors against uh i forgot who it was the first, oh the okc thunder but russ wasn't playing so right they didn't put lebron on opening night which was a bad which was a, a a loss for the NBA. I feel like, and man, that LeBron game should have been open at night, and they probably would have done a lot better. Yeah, you know, I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, and yeah. if this was any other, if this was the NFL, it would be, you know, the entire universe would be talking about how the ratings are declining. But the NBA yeah. tends to get a pass from the media, and and you know, that's a whole other show and a whole <laughs> other topic, and we could talk about why you know ESPN's in the tank and how much they overpaid and blah blah blah. Well, let's leave all that aside. Let's just look at, you know, let's look at some of these teams that did open up the season, you know, basically on the national stage for for those of us that, that care about the NBA we were watching, right? Like, w- when we saw Philly, like, I- I'll be honest, Philly didn't impress me on opening night. Neither did the did the Celtics, to be very honest, but the Celtics, man, that 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 is a that is a good team. And the big the key differentiator for me when I look at the Celtics, when I think about the Celtics, they got a, a really talented head coach. I mean a really, yeah, really talented head coach. And frankly, I mean, you, you look at that roster top to bottom, Ky- Kyrie Irving is a stud. Hayward is a stud, but they may not even be the best players on that team. I'm looking, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some there's some real talent on that team, and it's gonna be there for a while. Uh, I mean, that's my impression anyway. I think the Celtics are, are based on what I've seen, the best team in the East. Now, time will tell, obviously, and we got to see how they if they can actually gel in in real time, real game situations. But I wasn't impressed with Philly at all. There's just a little bit too much talk and not a lot of the, the team just doesn't work. Like Simmons is a stud, but the whole inside outside, like the inside out model, it just isn't the NBA anymore. Like, and it's you can see it's a little bit dated now. Embiid is a, an incredible talent. But there's some limitations to what you can do with that lineup. At least that's what I see. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm also on record of saying I, I thought Philly was overrated. And I always honestly thought Philly was a little bit overrated. And that's uh, due to personnel. Like you said before, they have two sides, Simmons and Embiid. But to me, they still don't have a wing perimeter scorer. Ben Simmons is not a wing perimeter scorer. He's still an inside scorer for being a point guard. Because, I mean, he is 6'10", when you think about it. And the guy can't hit a jump shot, which is a problem. But they still, to me, doesn't have any don't have anyone who can take you off the dribble, hit a step back three or step back jump shot. Sometimes you need to, t- you need someone to take tough shots like that in the postseason. So they should have signed a guy like Jamal Crawford. If you ask me, I still don't know why they didn't. So now he went to Phoenix, but that's neither here nor there. And um, I agree with you on the Celtics. They are, are looking pretty good, but honestly, I don't know. They're, they, they might be having a little bit of issues. I feel like throughout, uh, throughout the season, even though you said that, de- that their defense is good, also, if you looked at their offensive numbers, they're one of the worst scoring teams in the league thus far. I think they're, I believe they're 28th or 27th or something like that. So their offense, for some reason, is a little off, which is probably going to get cleaned up, I would think, because they have a lot of offensive talent. And I don't know. I, I think it might be time. A lot of people are calling for Jason Tatum to be featured as a number one option on the team. I think that's an interesting dynamic that they're uh oh hey listen i'll bang that drum all day long i i think he's (laughs) i think he's like look there may be better talent on the team but as far as what the coach is trying to do he's the best player they got because he can he can create his shot when necessary he can knock down the open shot when the ball comes Mm -hmm. to him and look they played they played they played essentially the whole season without hayward last year they played a big chunk of it without Kyrie, and and really it was tatum and the supporting cast that that carried them the entire way. Jason Tate, he is a he is a complete basketball player. Oh, he is. And if you if you looked at the last like couple of champions, well, the, actually the past champions for the past twenty years, they've always had a dominant wing scorer. Aside from two of the champions, was really the Detroit Pistons, and then it was also you could kind of put the Golden State Warriors in there. But even still, with Steph Curry as your best player, it was still a wing player who won Finals MVP, Iguodala or Kevin Durant. So to me, you, that dominant wing, and that is what Jason Tatum is on the way to becoming, has to be your number one option when you're winning the championship. I'm with you. And, and yeah. you know, I, I think we're going to see it throughout the course of the season. That I like, agree. The more they shift to him, and this is the irony, right? Like by actually running their offense through him, it's going to create more looks for the, for the other studs on the team. Primar- yeah. Primarily Gordon Hayward, who does a fantastic job playing off the ball anyway. I mean that was one of the things that that I mean that that's one that's like his thing, right? He's not he's not going to come around the screen and, and and just drop you know every jump shot that he takes, but mm-hmm. he he can create havoc for you off the ball and and that's I mean that's where his talent lies. So I don't really know what I saw opening night out of the Celtics because and maybe they were just maybe that was the game plan for you know against the Sixers in particular who you yeah. know try to try to slow things down and kind of turn it into a half court game a little bit more isolation. But to me, J- Jason Tatum is just so good. He, he's almost he's like a stud, he, man. he's wasted talent that using him the way they are right now. I think the offense does need to run through him. You know, basically put him at the at that forty five degree point. Just put him on the on the arc, pass him the ball, and then figure out what you want to do from there. Because you know, and and ironically, the Celtics also are the only team I think in the league. I think this is a fact. Um, and I'll, I'll check it here while I'm talking. I think they're the only team that doesn't have a seven footer on the roster. Like they, the the, the biggest they get. What about get, Aaron Baines? He's not seven foot. Uh, I think Al Horford is the tallest guy they got at six ten. 
I, I don't think there's anyone I taller think, than I that. I think it might be Aaron Baines, but he might be 6'10 also, 6'10 or 6'11. Aaron I mean, it's Baines. close enough, right? I mean, it's close, close enough. Yeah. But, he's, but, just, he's just a big body. He's just in there in the paint, but he, you know, just to muscle a few guys around and grab a couple of rebounds. Right, it's but big, I mean, they they yeah. have they basically have no center on the roster yeah, or no traditional center, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and but it but it works, right? The, I mean, and you look at you know I hate to bring this back to the Wizards, but I will for just a second. Even with without Dwight Yamahimi's terrible, um, and and <laughs> you know the secret sauce or, or their winning formula against Portland last night was not playing with a center. It was actually going the opposite yes. way. Slide Morris yes, to the that center. That was a great and, game, and by the way. Can. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was watching that game. That was a great double. What a pass by John Wall to to hit Bradley Beal. Yeah, um, to hit that three to go to overtime. That was a great pass. Uh, they they played a complete game, which was unfortunately it was something they did in the first two games as well. I mean, to yeah. lose to Toronto without Kawhi, and, and oh, we could man. talk about the Raptors here for a second. Uh, I mean, how good do you see that team being throughout the course of the season? Because he looks like he just fits. It's weird, but he just looks like he fits. He does. I, I mean, I really like his fit on the Raptors. I mean, they, they've been surprising me. I like how they play. They they just look like it was just basically a substitution. They substituted DeMar for Kawhi. And that, as we all know, is an upgrade. So it's like your team just got an extra five or ten wins by so just swapping one player to me because their roster looks damn near the same as last year to me. And in addition to Danny Green as well. But I really like their roster. I'm not crazy about the coach. I don't really know him too well. Nick Nurse. You know, he's a new coach, but the way they're playing, I, I believe they're 4-0 right now. I really like how they're playing. They're a nice, sneaky, good defensive team, man. They 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 lock you in, and they got some bigs, and they have some smalls, and I really like Kawhi Leonard. I, I think the Raptors could definitely do some damage, man. I mean, I'm not a Serge Ibaka guy. I, I, I'm, I'm just Me neither. Not. I'm just not, but, you know, if he's gonna if he's only going to play, I don't know, 12 to 16 minutes and you got other yeah, guys coming, coming up behind the bench him. now, I think too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it, yeah. You'll be, they'll be all right. Right. They, they got a, They got an actual center. They got, you know, some pieces that they can, they can basically rotate between the two and the three Kawhi, Danny, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, and actually I like their bench depth as well. Like I, I just do, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that point guard, Fred, uh, what's his last name? Van Vliet. Van, Van Vliet. Vliet. Yeah. I mean, I know he was undrafted and blah, 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 but he can, he can ball like period. Yeah, he, he can, he can ball. So and I know I know the Raptors. Sorry to cut you off. I know no, the no. Raptors. I, I gave them a lot of credit, but I'm gonna be real. They still can be beat in the playoffs easily. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah. yeah, like like I'm not giving them that much credit. Like they can't be beat. They definitely can be beat. No, and you look at you look at them across the top here, right? Jason Tatum. Well, look, if the Celtics meet the Raptors in the playoffs, Kawhi. I mean, that matchup is going to happen, right? There's no way to hide either of those guys. Oh, man. That, They're going to have to oof, go head-to-head, right? And if it's the Wizards, oh, yeah, most definitely. and if it's the Wizards, you know, Otto and Kelly and that entire roster of people I, I rattled off at that combo 2-3, they're going to have their hands full. Mm-hmm. But look, yes. we, we, we know how Kyle Lowry fares against John Wall. Like, it's, it's best <laughs> case for the Raptors, it's a push. Worst case for the Raptors, John has outplayed him consistently. Head to of head. course. So he's better than him. Right. And then you look at you look at the the other the other talent on the roster, and this is even without Dwight Howard, the Wizards have a better roster. I mean, there's just more talent. That they're they have more talent on the roster. That that's how I feel about them. The Celtics, I think, have the most talent in the Eastern Conference, but there's some other sneaky teams in there too. I, I mean, mm-hmm. there's some surprise teams, at least to me, uh, in the East. Milwaukee's the one that jumps off the page for me. Yes. I don't I don't know how that team goes from so terrible. 
at, you know, just in one category, like in three-point shooting percentage, they couldn't make a three-pointer last year, and now they're they're amongst the, the league leaders. I don't know how you do that. Like, I, I don't know what button you push as the coach to make that happen, but they look pretty good. They look pretty good, and they look pretty deep. They look great. Giannis looks great. That's been that's my MVP pick. He was my MVP pick last year, and he's my MVP pick this year. Um, I think Gian. Well, I know Giannis is a stud. To me, he's the best player in the East in my mind. And but it's just time for him to put up in the playoff side. We know his regular season numbers. His statistics. His statistics are great, but I need him to put up in the playoffs. I need a, at least a second round, preferably go to the Eastern Conference Finals, but that'll be a challenge because I think all four of those, those teams, the uh, Celtics, Raptors, Wizards, and Bucks, I believe they all can beat each other in the postseason, in the playoffs. I believe e- either one of those four can beat each other. Even though Boston's a slight step ahead, I still think they can be beat as well in the playoff series. So the Bucks definitely are trying to make some noise this year with uh, Budenholzer and uh, Brooke Lopez. And we'll see, man. We'll see. How about the Pistons? I'm actually rooting for them. Are you buying the Pistons? Uh, I'm buying them for an AC team. (laughs) So so not really. (laughs) (laughs) Seven, eight. I like Blake because I've I've always been a Blake guy, but Blake has has irked me the past few years. And I said said it on my show. I put him on notice. If Blake doesn't perform well this year and the Pistons don't get to the – at least the eighth seed, he's going to he's become an average player at that point. Well, I mean, so far he's he's strung together a couple of nice games here, right? Now this, oh yeah, this season he's been actually been balling. I put him on notice. Blake must have heard me. Must have heard me on above the rim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's been twenty plus in every game. I, I could be wrong. Yeah, on that. and dropped a fifty piece tonight. Oof, that's a big number. I didn't know about that. Fifty is a 50. big number for a, for, for a 50 power forward. Piece. Hey, exactly for a pop. Remember, he's shooting threes now, taking well, people off I the mean, dribble. Isn't is the whole league? I mean, isn't True. the whole league shooting threes? Yeah, no that, defense either. That's <laughs> a you know that's a sneaky good team too. Uh, the 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 Reggie Reggie backcourt is a, is an interesting one, right? Because they both <laughs> yeah. can handle the ball. They both they, they play heavy minutes there. Um, you know, I'm looking at it quickly here. They're they're both basically right around 39, 40 minutes a game. So they they play some heavy minutes there. And I mean they they got some talent there. I, I'm I'm just not big on Detroit. I don't know why. Like I, don't, I can't give you a reason as to why I'm sleeping on them a little bit. But yeah, on paper they they look pretty good. They look pretty good. They do. Re- um, really quick, I, I was thinking about this. If you're Detroit or if you're Boston, would you trade Terry Rozier for Reggie Jackson? Yes. Why? But if you're who? If, if you're I'm who? if I'm Boston. If you're Boston, you would rather have Reggie Jackson. I think so. Mm, I think so. See, see, that's interesting because a lot of people would say that they'd rather have Terry Rozier as a starting point guard for the for the Pistons. It flip flops. The people that I've asked, they, it's been like a fifty fifty split. Oh, I, I just think you're getting a little bit more out of Reggie. I think you, mm. if there's a little bit more. Maybe, they're similar. Uh, they're, they're similar. Even their defensive defensive styles are similar. But exactly. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe there isn't. It, it's kind of a push. As a starter, kind of. And, and Terry Rozier is just trying to prove himself as a starter. But it is technically a push, honestly. It is. I, I'm. I'm. You know. Now that I'm like thinking it more, like how does it benefit? It doesn't really benefit either team. You're just swapping. You're swapping. You know, tire for tire. Like it's not. <laughs> I don't feel like you're, you're really making an upgrade. You're not changing much. Yeah. But they're about of equal value, and and Boston is going to lose them if they don't get rid of them. 
No, that that part's true. That part's true. Exactly. But, but I feel like they, they they I'm sure they can find a suitor out west. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad teams with with picks and money. They they can true. make something happen and get him get him into the other conference. You know, and speaking of the other conference, I mean, is there one storyline that you like out west? You know, well, we could talk about the Lakers, but is there another one that you that you're following? A team that you, um, you like? Oh, of course, the Houston Rockets. No, oh, I see. I knew you were going to go there. All right, let's talk no, about the Rockets. Yeah, but but we could go somewhere else because I actually do talk about the Rockets a lot. So oh, we, we could talk, talk about them. we could talk about CP3 how he's lost a step. <laughs> we can talk about James Harden how he still refuses to play defense, and now they've added Carmelo Anthony, a guy who refuses to play defense and refuses Ooh. to pass the ball. So oh, what what am man. I missing with the Rockets? Because they they look like a forty five win team to me. They just look bad right now for the first three games. They're still working out the kinks. They do have some injuries. We don't even have a backup center right now because everybody's hurt. But they're not playing defense, and that's the issue with the Houston Rockets. They need to come together. And also, Dan Tony, he's all over the place with his substitution methods. He, he's another interesting coach that I don't know. Uh, we call him Coach Pringles over here. We call Dan Tony. I mean, who, who do you want to play defense? I mean, Harden can't well, be bothered. Chris can't do it by himself. Capella, when he gets into foul trouble, he he can't help you. And then there's a bunch of old guys. He hasn't been efficient. Yeah, true. You got P.J. Tucker as well. And they do need to upgrade. But you got James Ennis, who is a solid defender. He's not a a great defender. He's not a a Kawhi Leonard. But he's a solid defender who can bring some energy. MCW is a solid defender. He's a terrible shooter. Hold on, Justin. Hold on. But look, anytime Carmelo's on the court, you, you you will at least agree that he won't play defense, right? He's not going to do anything. It depends. He he he's not going to be a stout defender, but he can at least move his feet. <laughs> I into don't the think so, man. He, but, he just listen, sets up shop at that three point line. Actually, but listen here, Joe. All you, right. You, you know what's you know what's crazy? We started. The Houston Rockets started Ryan Anderson fifty two games last year, and we won sixty five games last year. And do you think? Ryan Anderson is more mobile than Carmelo Anthony? No, but Ryan Anderson isn't going to take that annoying half step inside the three-point line and jack up a 22-foot two-point. Well, Melo's working on that. That's a work (laughs) in progress. All right, because what I've seen so far is a bunch of really poor shots from just inside the arc early in the shot He's been hitting some threes, though. He's he's been shooting some threes, but he he has no – something obviously – it's obviously a mental thing, but – mental thing with him coming off the bench because it's obviously affecting him i can see it because even when he's ready to check in and about the eight minute mark of the first quarter this guy doesn't even have his warm-ups on he's, uh, he's, in, don't he's in uniform it's a, it's a weird fit I, I don't know what the rockets were thinking like like trevor ariza is I, is a he is he's for the a, playoffs he's mellow was there for the playoffs i'm telling you he's gonna wear down stars on their opposing end because they are gonna have to take those tough shots and ariza think about it. we're not paying ariza 15 million dollars that's the problem your wizards are having with playing auto porter so much money i'm not paying ariza 15 million for a 33 year old i'm not okay think about it uh, 15 uh, um, 15 million i understand I mean, we, they should have kept though we we yeah. have some experience specifically with Trevor Ariza here in Washington, so yeah, we get oh, it. We yeah, know. I forgot about we that. We get it. We know. We know. But but defensively, there's no comparison here. I mean, you can't. Oh no, he was a great fit though. He was a absolutely, great fit. and he again, yeah. he wasn't a guy who's going to demand you know 14 True. touches or or 16 True. touches and 13. He's going to take 13 shots. Like it's terrible. Like I I don't know how to find. I don't know how you find a like. You, there's no more shots on. Like I, I just I don't understand it. I didn't understand it when they made the trade or when he signed as a free agent. Whatever. I, I just didn't get it, and now I I still don't get it. And trying to watch this team play, it, they just look very odd when they're on the court all at the same time. When the when the big three are on the court, like it just doesn't mm-hmm. look right. Like he, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe I maybe you're seeing it differently, but that that game against the the Lakers was just ugly. It's ugly. And not but because that was of the all fight. CP and that was all CP and Harden dominating that game. Melo didn't look so great, but he did grab ten rebounds. But he's not comfortable right now, and he's got to get comfortable. But it's it's still early though, Joe. It's only three four games in. They've got to get better. There's a lot of teams that get better over the course of the season, and I'm hoping they do. They need to. Well, I mean, if he can't make shots, then he can't be on the court, right? Because he's not well, going to defend. Of course, if he yeah. can't shoot, you right, and that was his saving grace last year with the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. He, he was annoying. But he would make the shots, especially the big ones, third, fourth quarter. He was fresh, and he would yeah. make those shots. hes I just don't see it out of him this year. And honestly, it was kind of weird to see him. Like, look at LeBron's career. Like, they basically they were drafted, obviously, the same same year. Mm-hmm. LeBron has, like, their, their careers couldn't be more opposite. Like, one was filled with yeah. individual accolades. One was filled with team accolades. And now, like, LeBron's got everything. Right, he, he gets but it to call is his own shots. It was, it's hard to uh, compare anybody to LeBron. Oh, I, I know, nope. I know. But yeah, once upon a time, I mean, that, once upon a time no when these guys met, right? But yeah. once upon a time when the Nuggets and the Cavs played, it was you know must watch, oh, and yes. they guarded each other, and yes, there the gap wasn't as you know yeah. huge. They, they as play, it is always now. played each other very well. Melo always played LeBron very well in his individual matchups. That I'll give him like always. So yeah, but it now it was just good. weird. Like he like it was like LeBron didn't even acknowledge him. Like he's just a guy. <laughs> he's just a guy. He's like Carmelo is now just a guy, which is it, it makes me feel old and, and it makes me feel uncomfortable because you know I've grown up watching him. Like it, it's just weird. It's weird to me. Yeah, yeah. You I like Melo, man. So I can't slander him too much. Well, you make a call your boy because he, he can't seem to shoot, play defense. He just seems unhappy. I, I don't know what he up, wants. Man. I don't know what he wants. But <laughs> let's talk about these Lakers for a second here. Yeah. Um, they're zero and three. It looks. I mean, they're on pace to lose eighty two games this season with LeBron. <laughs> so I, I'm not really sure where to, what to make of them. They score a ton of points. They're they're somewhat entertaining to watch, but they play no defense and and they're just and LeBron. I don't know how much of the Lakers of these three games you've watched. I've watched two of them full and the highlights of the third. He just basically is standing around like, yeah, the fast break opportunities are there and that's where he's doing a lot of damage. But in the half court set, he's literally just parked at the three point line or maybe a shade inside. It's, it's again, very weird to see him take such a, uh, like a passive approach on the offensive, uh, in the offensive sets. I don't know if that's by design or if he's feeling a little old, or he doesn't like his team, I'm not sure. But it's not the LeBron I'm used to watching with with the Cavaliers and with the Heat before that. You know what? You 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 actually brought up a great point, man. Um, I agree with you. LeBron has definitely looked a little off this season. I mean, but it's just hard to see. Like you really have to watch to notice how off he is. It's not the normal, typical LeBron. But the first game against Portland, he played. That was typical LeBron because I know that was a lot of adrenaline. He was hyped. But for some reason, I said it on my show. Um, sh- said it on my show earlier in that Lakers Rockets game. He was eerily quiet for LeBron, and it was a little, a little concerning to me. And he does but, this, right? He's done this in the yeah, past. It's like passive yes. aggressive. I yes. don't got any teammates. This like it's yeah. it's unfortunately it's a it's that a known narrative. part of yeah it's a known part yeah. of the LeBron narrative, and it you know he just looks like he's not interested. Like he's. I don't know how to explain it. And I, but there's spurts of the game where he looks. It's like, to me, I feel like it goes in and out. Or this season, it has been going in and out. Like, points of the game, he looks crazy engaged. Then a few points of the game, he's just standing around, like you said. And it looks a little off to me. There's just something. I, and I don't think the L.A. faithful are going to embrace him. Maybe maybe it'll happen over time. 
But right now, it just looks weird. I, I don't. There's oh, no other word for it. They're killing him today. I, ho- I don't know if you see on Twitter. They're killing him today. Some of them are saying, trade LeBron already. Why he got value? I said, whoa. It's three games in trade LeBron. Yeah, I don't know who's I don't know who's going to be trading for LeBron. You know, that, that's an interesting point too. But I just I, there's something off about it. And I'm a Kobe guy. Like my entire adult life, actually before that, like when I was in, I, I remember watching Kobe from from his first game in the NBA all the way through. It's hard to just assume that they're gonna like this mantle. Like it's just passing on to LeBron. Like he he's basically. I mean, he's a mercenary, and I think. True yeah. Lakers fans are happy to have a team that's going to be competitive, but you can't look at this team and tell me they're they're a top six team or seven team. Like they're going to struggle all season long. I, I just, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. If they make it in at, at higher than a six seed, I would be really, really shocked. I, there just isn't enough around him, and the way he plays, it it doesn't, it just doesn't fit. And frankly, I'm struggling. Like there's. You know, last week I was on a show with uh, some boys out in LA, and they're telling me, "Oh, the, we're easily going to finish in the third, in the third, maybe the fourth spot. Worst case, home court for the first round." And I, I just laughed. I was like, "I don't see it." Uh, do you see it? Do you think the Lakers are that good? I think I think they can definitely get the four seed only because I don't feel like other teams in the West besides the Rockets and the Warriors are that much better. Like I don't think the Lakers are that great, but the other teams to me are not definitively better and that's the reason why i feel like everyone will have the same so give me give me give me give me your top like Mm -hmm. just give me your top eight or top ten yeah in the the, in the west yeah okay so um houston houston golden state um who else Ah, see that's just a tough one right here how about the pelicans the pelicans seem like they're completely unstoppable right now i like the pelicans they're going to be a third or fourth seed so the pelicans and then the jazz as well Okay. OKC, I'm still shaky on. I like the roster, but I don't like everybody. How about the, the Nuggets? They, they How do you feel about the Nuggets? Shooting. The Nuggets, I, I'm very iffy on the Nuggets. How like about the Blazers? I've was, was never been a big supporter of the Blazers. I'm iffy on them as well. I see seven seeds, seven, eight for them as well. So you basically, you got like five and a half, above, and then the Lakers somewhere after that. Yeah, well, above, I don't have them above the Lakers, though. See, Portland, I don't have above the Lakers. I think they're about neck and neck with the Lakers. I don't have the Nuggets above the Lakers either. Okay. I think the Lakers will eventually, eventually be better than the Nuggets. I think because I think Magic is going to go out and get a shooter. I think he has to, and he's got to upgrade Javel McGee. He can't be your only center on the roster. He's actually to me, he's like a Bryce pot man. I, I mean, no, he's... he's been playing well, but you're relying on that, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't. He's supposed to be a luxury, an extra piece you throw in. You can't rely on Javel. Think about it. What if the Wizards had Javel instead of Dwight or Mahim? No, no, no. We, we've been down that road too. We, we don't <laughs> oh want, yeah, I forgot. We about don't that. want him back. No, no, no. It's <laughs> exactly. bad enough that him and Swaggy got got championship rings. It's terrible. Terrible, we, right? We, oh, no, 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 no. He's got two to his name too. I, no, no, no. Thank you. But look, I mean, I think people are sleeping on the Nuggets. This is a good defensive team. They 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 can score in bunches. Not, Drinking the Kool Aid, uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. But the, the <laughs> you know the Pelicans look phenomenal to me early on here. I mean, I, I don't. No one's gonna stop anything in that team. They look great. Yeah, the Warriors are the Warriors. You know, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm bullish on the Jazz. I really like what that how that team is constructed. I re- I really like how the Thunder are constructed too. And I know Russ is down right now, but I think. I think the pieces that they added and the subtraction of Melo, that that team was not a bad team. They were better than their record indicated last season. And I think right now, I mean, they're sitting at 0-3 and they're going to have to you know, dig their way out of this hole. But I think they're just more talented than the Lakers as well. I mean, to me, the Lakers, 
the Lakers, the you know the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves—they're oh, no. all kind of just in the just all kind of yeah. thrown together at that same you know seventh mm-hmm. or twelve spot to me. I just don't see. They it. all will be fighting for those spots, though. Like, yeah, the, the whole West. I feel like will be fighting for seeding the entire season. Like, I, it's I just don't. Be very close in the West. I'm with you on that, but I just the Lakers are not. They're not a top four team. I just they're. I mean, I can give you six teams that I'm much more confident uh, in. Well, honestly, I'm giving LeBron the benefit of the doubt. Sure, and that's fair because yeah. he's done it consistently throughout his career. Like all he does is win, and, and he deserves the benefit of the doubt. But the West is totally like. You know, it's a different beast in the Eastern Conference. It I mean, is. He, he got forty games against, or whatever, against you know the 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 Knicks and the, the Bulls. The, the like, who cares? Yeah, the right? Bulls, yeah. <laughs> like the worst teams out west. I mean, there's some bad teams out there too. I mean, the Kings aren't great, but I mean, <laughs> they held their own last night. The Suns yeah. are, are 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 a terrible team, but they can play too. So it, it's just a different. It's a different beast. Um, it is. But it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be. In- I mean, this is this is the NBA that we were hoping for. Now, if they could just break up the Warriors and get some more parity across the Western yes. Conference, that'd be great. But you know, there's three or four teams in the East. I think that can be that can be interesting or maybe challenge the Warriors a little bit. The Warriors, frankly, they, they took a step back. I mean, I think Javale McGee is actually a big part of that team last season, and, and he allowed them to actually have a big man when they needed one. They don't have one now. They'll have one in a yeah. month or two. When uh, when uh, when when Boogie's ready to play, but for right now, they are susceptible, and I think they're going to lose a number of games over the first you know month or month and a half of the season because they just don't have any size. They don't have any size. They're a very young team, very young team. So top heavy with talent, but this could be the last the last uh, you know the last ride here for Clay Thompson. Uh, I I think Clay, you know, I think we talked about this what back in back in June. Clay mm-hmm. could be one of those. You know, high value targets or, or must haves for the Lakers this offseason. He you know? should leave, man. If I'm Clay, I'm leaving, but I know he's loyal. But if I'm Clay, I'm leaving. I got my rings. It's about time for me to shine somewhere else. And he, he, and honestly, he would fit nicely into that Lakers lineup right now, today. Perfectly, right? Joe. So, perfectly. You know, going home, you know, chance to play with LeBron. I mean, he's just a piece that, that makes sense to me. Um, but I mean, we'll wait and see. Any anything else really grab your uh, grab your eye, grab your interest over the last you know ten days across the NBA? Um, well, uh, my boy Trey Young, I gotta say, I'm, I'm giving Trey Young some love. Um, Trey Young is is my rookie of the year pick. I said it before the season. Was that, yeah, was that before and, or after he dropped thirty five? No, no, it was before. It okay. was before. Okay, my, I had my episode <laughs> way before that. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, it was a preseason episode, and I called him Trey. I've been a Trey Young fan though. I, I liked him. And I'm I'm always uh someone who supports people that um that a lot of people doubt. So a lot of people are very were hating on Trey Young coming out, saying he's too small, he can't do this, he can't do that. The same things they said about Steph Curry, he's too small, skinny, can't do this, can't do that. But I do like Trey Young's game, and I think people what's being lost in Trey Young's game is that he's actually a pretty decent point guard. He can shoot, but he has some very good solid point guard skills. He runs that pick and roll well, so I think, I mean, Atlanta just sucks. So, I mean, he, the record is not going to be good, but he could be able to rack up numbers over there, which oh, could yeah. ultimately get him the rookie of the year. Those numbers can be racked. Yeah, he, I think he, I, I agree with you. He's going to have a Donovan Mitchell type of season. I think he's yeah, going to have lots and yeah. lots of minutes. He doesn't have to win. <laughs> no, he doesn't have to win. You just got to put up numbers, which he's going to yeah. do. 
which he's going to do. I, I mean, he's talented. I haven't watched enough of him to to make a, a bold proclamation that he's going to be rookie he's of the year. 24, 24 uh, <laughs> and 7. And th- it's only four games, but 24 and 7. I threw three games. I know, but this is a crazy NBA. Right? I mean, Kemba Walker leads the league in, in scoring right now. Yeah, Right true. at like 33. <laughs> like, it, it's just weird. It's weird. <laughs> yep. That's true. But weird sometimes is good, and it can be exciting. But uh, I like it. Yeah, me too. Justin, thank you so much for making time. Uh, where can everybody find you and the podcast online? Um, you can find my show, uh, Above the Rim Podcast, um, on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. to search Above the Rim. Um, it's coming out every Wednesday, every week. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A. B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. And um, thanks again, Joe. Appreciate it, my man. Absolutely. For, for everyone listening, give the man a follow. Check out that show. It, it is it is a really good NBA podcast. If Appreciate you love the association, check it out. Give him a follow. Send him a comment or two. And, and Justin, we hope to have you back on uh, Defeating the Curse here. And we'll uh, hopefully this can be like a recurring little, uh, you know, a recurring segment yeah. for us or a recurring show Definitely. theme every couple of weeks. We just do a check-in. We talk about the NBA, get our update our predictions, and see where we land at the end of the season. Definitely. And you always got a spot on Above the Rim whenever you want to jump on it. Hey, you know know I never say no. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Justin. For everyone everyone listening, please check out at Defeat the Curse uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, defeatingthecurse.com for some original content. Uh, LP just put up a fantastic five-point key five key points for the wizard season sorry and my tongue got caught up there but thank you so much for listening for justin my name is joe this has been defeating the curse until next time we are out